Hello and welcome back to Equity on Extra Crunch. This week we have a bit of a treat for you. Danny Crichton, myself, and our producer Christopher Gates got together with John Lair from Workbench Ventures, a New York-based enterprise venture capital outfit. We wanted to know what they were putting money into, how the market was looking. It was, as they say, a good time. We pulled out one segment for you today. We want to dig into how this VC goes about making bets. And he doesn't just look for good unit economics or a hot name. Instead, he goes into the market, finds a pain point, and then seems to find the company that really fits that need and then gives it money. It sounded like a lot of work to us, so we wanted to dig in a little bit deeper. The whole chat ran about 40 minutes, so head over to TechCrunch.com and check it out over on ExtraCrunch if you would like. One small programming note, we were all supposed to record locally and we failed. So we are still figuring out the kinks of how to do these Zoom chats that are public. We want everyone to be able to take part, but we're still figuring out the rough edges. So bear with us as we figure out our pandemic production approach. But in the meantime, the whole chat is over on TC. You mentioned a number of things, like eight different places where you invest. Uh, it, it felt like it was almost like a very large bucket that you were putting money into. At some point, are you still thesis driven if you have that many different places you can put capital? And I, I want to push on this because I, I don't disagree, but it feels like you almost have to be unfocused to have that many areas of, of, of you know, interest. Yeah, no, it's a it's a great nuance. Uh, so our team splits our times uh, at a high level, right? I'm the AIML guy, Jess covers feature work, and Kelly is security and and kind of cloud native. So you could say AIML is like the biggest thing on earth, sure. But the way that we actually break down our theses and our investment research is not just the market, but also the timing nature of it. So a big activity that we do every single quarter, and we're about to experiment with our first Zoom one is. The last five years, we bring together 20 executives across industry for a machine learning roundtable. Mm-hmm. These are not CIOs because they don't spend money. They're actually one, two, three levels down where they have a pain point. They're the experts in their field and they have budget dollars to spend. So if you look back to 2017, uh, the big hot topic of conversation then was, hey, I would even hire a data scientist, right? Google, Facebook are taking all the talent. And at the session where, look, we're doing it to be value-add people, it doesn't help us with the thesis at all. But people were sharing notes of how they position themselves, yada, yada. Fast forward to the next quarter, they said, hey, we hired these data scientists, but they're having trouble getting models into, into production. How do we focus on model deployment? That's an area where we're the only VC in the room. There's no startups there. We start taking copious notes and doing research around model deployment. We then spoke to every single one of those people and then some in our network. And then we were able to, uh, to figure out, hey, this is actually a very topical pain point. Companies are going to face this across the Fortune 500. We found a company, Algorithmia, where the founder, Diego, had great experience, great product for model deployment. And boom, we invested there. And the next quarter was, hey, how do we get clean data? We have 50 ERPs in our supply chain group. How do we integrate that? And then in a quick way, get this to our data scientists to do the work, right? That led to an investment in company data log that focuses on data process automation. I could go on and on, but the next one was around model explainability that led to a company, Arthur. So it's using that overall topic like AI and then drilling down into topical pain points where, again, timing and budget dollars are going to be spent so that as You're making VC sound like actual work which I don't think is that that's counter narrative to what I've been told or what I've seen in Silicon Valley. That is the best compliment uh, that we get from our LPs actually, because we're emailing them at all hours of the day. And me and my co-founder, Jess, my, we joke all the time. We're like, are we doing this wrong? But 
the good news is we're enterprise enthusiasts. We love what we're doing. But between work with corcos and work with corporates, uh, we're passionate, but we, we work our butts off. So you, you, you are right. It doesn't, those insights don't come for free. Yeah. I was going to say, Alex, I mean, they, they do have work in the name, right? So, so <laughs> with a dash, it's, it's a work dash bench. So, but bench implies sitting down, which is restful. I don't know. I mean, I didn't want to read too much into the name. <laughs> um, but John, so I want to focus on a little bit on the data science side, because I, I find this stuff super fascinating. I think, you know, we've seen, I think, Scale.ai and a bunch of other companies kind of get to really large scale. But what would sort of the next phase is there? Like, who are the kind of leading customers from your perspective who are saying, hey, you know, right now in 2020, this is like the key challenge in AI ML that's coming up. Is the question who are the customers that are saying that, or is the question the the customers who are saying that today? Like, who are the industries who are kind of setting the tone there? Yeah. So for us, uh, the three main industries we spend time with are financial services. So that includes big banks, and includes regional banks, European banks, and then insurance companies, uh, pharma companies, healthcare space, and then media. And what's interesting and why, getting back to Alex's point, we do so much work is that one company could actually need something for model deployment and not want explainability yet. Or another one could be focused on data process automation but not want the other thing. So we always like to use the word tentacles because within the companies in New York, <laughs> it's accurate, Alex, we have so many different touch points because those people are the budget owners and there's various sophistication levels, there's various priorities. So a large part of our work is understanding the now factor of all right, you said you need this, but do you really, what project is this tied to? And we're doing a ton of that back channel work on behalf of our companies so that when we make intros, it's to the right person at the right time. And they're not getting put on some yes innovation team that's gonna waste their time, or frankly, a group that means well, but may not actually have budget authority and power to act. So there's no one size fits all answer that X industry needs data science. It really is about talking to everybody in those three early adopter groups. I will say though that things like retail sound cool, but between their earnings pressure that they face and the blackout periods just during the calendar year, we actually have not found them to be good buyers of enterprise software. Hmm. Helco is horrible to deal with unless you have a good reseller partner. Um, Sorry to our Verizon corporate overlords. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, do, do you recall who owns TC? <laughs> Sorry about that. No, uh, come, come talk to us. We'll help you engage better with uh, with startups. Uh, I hear 5G and AI is really hot these days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but another one like manufacturing, they come to us yeah. all the time with different questions, but internally they can't actually move. So we actually do a lot of blocking and tackling on behalf of our companies because every day your net burn is ticking when you're a seed back company, seed two back company, and we want to make every customer interaction really um, optimized for them. Okay, I want to. I don't know how much time we have left, Danny. So cut me off if you need to. But I want to talk a little bit about fund size um, because uh, you raised a ten million dollar fund. You called this like you're early on, like figuring things out. Yeah, there you go. And then you had a forty-seven million dollar fund back in twenty eighteen. Workbench Ventures two, innovative name, just fantastically creative. You have a couple bullets left. You said earlier on. I'm curious how much capital you have left and then if your fundraising goals or hopes have changed now that the world has gone from, you know, risk on to risk off. So to clarify for all the entrepreneurs out there, we have, we have several uh, investments left that we can do in this fund. So we're fortunate that unlike other VCs that we've seen deploy like 12, 18 months, we really take our time and we have a pace that we do something like five deals a year, whether it's good times or bad times. And we do like a concentrated portfolio, but and then we do reserve follow on. When you ask about our fundraising, so right now we're not, it's hard when you ask if you see that because there's all these regulatory issues of what you're allowed to say publicly, but we're not 
it doesn't change our plans for the future because okay. me and Jess, we're very lucky that we have a stable team, which in today's environment, you don't see a lot. We've been focusing on this very focused strategy for almost seven years now. So we've really just been kind of putting in the work and building to make this a franchise for our lives that will last many fun, right? We're not thinking just one, two, three, but we're thinking five, six, seven, eight, nine. And the cool thing behind the scenes is when we launched in 2013, if you said enterprise in New York, you got blank stares. Mongo is still early days. You fast forward, Datadog's IPO kind of capped off a great year for us where we passed 10 billion in aggregate external VC financing into our ecosystem of our narrow view of enterprise startups. And then you started off January with my friend Dimitri at Big ID raising another 50 million six months after his last one. Had a mirror from SciSense at the enterprise tech meetup yep. uh, in February before COVID really hit bad. And he had just come off 100 million raise. So mm-hmm. New York is better than ever. Building next to your customers is more helpful than ever. Um, and we think the prospects of enterprise New York and all those factors just would really well for our ecosystem in the long haul. So your next one's going to be bigger, is what I just heard. <laughs> I'm going to summarize that. There's good prospects in the world right now. The rest of the conversation, about 40 minutes worth, is over on TechCrunch.com on Extra Crunch. So feel free to go over and take a peek. But don't worry about anything else because equity is coming back on Friday morning, as always. So we'll see you then.